Remain standing for the reading of our gospel lesson today. We read the gospel oftentimes from where the people are seated because we are reminded that Jesus is among us and Jesus comes to us in the promise of the gospel. Uh, He isn't a distant God that's uh, far from us, but rather he is in our midst. So we read today from our gospel lesson from the 14th chapter of St. Matthew's gospel. It says, when Jesus heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about 5,000 men besides the women and the children. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for providing for all of our needs. Uh, You are the God who provides. You provide for us both physical and spiritual what we need through the power of your grace. And Lord, we, we certainly do not deserve your gracious provision. Yet because of your great love, because of your grace, because of the compassion that you have for us, you give us what we need. And I pray that each of us will hear your word. And Lord, as we hear, I pray that it would do the work that it promises to do to create faith so that we would walk in faith knowing that you always meet us and provide for us at our point of need. Amen. Philippians 4:19 and 20 says, "And my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God be to our God and Father be glory forever and ever." Amen. Our God My God, your God, will meet all your needs. He'll meet your needs. Do you believe it? Well, to be quite honest, I have a hard time believing it sometimes. My God will meet all my needs? All my needs? Really? I don't know if you're like me, but I need faith to trust in that promise day by day. It's easy to look at a passage that says that my God will meet all of your needs. He'll supply all of your needs. He'll provide for you. It's one thing to read that and to accept that here, but to have it enter into the heart and then for it to be lived out daily, that's, that's a completely different thing. He's going to meet all my needs? Really? You see, I'm the type of person who worries about life. I doubt if God will meet all my needs. So passages like Matthew chapter 14 or, or listening about, to Paul's uh, account in Philippians 4 
give to us and create within us faith. Faith to trust that he will provide, that he will meet all of our needs. So Philippians 4.19, my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Who here knows where Paul was when he wrote the book of Philippians? Anybody know? Where was he at, Sue? He was in prison. So here he is in prison and he writes about God meeting my needs in prison? He will. He'll provide. And when we hear the word of God, when we hear about Paul in prison and that God is supplying his needs, when we read about Jesus having compassion on the crowds and meeting their needs, healing the sick, casting out demons, providing food, those passages from Scripture strengthen our faith. You see, Romans 10, 17 says that consequently, faith comes from hearing. Hearing what? The message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. So that's why we need the scriptures, church. That's why we need to have the Bible open daily. Because faith comes by hearing. Hearing the word of Christ. So when we read about Jesus meeting the needs of people in Matthew 14, or meeting the needs of Paul in Philippians 4, we know And we trust and we believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That he isn't a God who changes. If he met their needs 2,000 years ago, he's going to meet my needs today. He is a Savior who hasn't changed. So believe that he still moves on behalf of his people. He loves you. Cares about you. So why does Jesus supply my needs? Why does he supply your needs? Well, Matthew 14, 14 gives us the answer. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, what did he have? He had what? Compassion on them and healed their sick. Jesus supplies your need because he is a God of compassion. The verse can also be translated that his heart went out to them. Do you believe that God's heart goes out to you today? That he truly has compassion for you? Believe it. He hasn't changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you're in need, wherever you're at in life, he has compassion for you. He loves you. He really does love you. But you might be saying, but pastor, you don't know my situation. You don't know my situation. If you knew my situation, you wouldn't say that God has compassion on me. If you knew the hardship that I'm facing in life, if you knew the circumstance that I'm facing in life, you would say, God isn't compassionate towards me. God, why would you allow these difficult things to happen? If God is allowing these difficult things to happen, how could he possibly be supplying my needs? 
Some of you have really walked through some difficult, hard, hard things in life. And you wonder, where is God in the middle of all this difficulty? How can you possibly say that he is compassionate towards me in the middle of my horrific circumstances? How is that? I think we'd all be better Christians if we read more of Corey Ten Boom's books. How many of you have heard of Corey Ten Boom? A number of you have. She was placed in a Nazi concentration camp. Her and her family uh, saved thousands of Jewish people during the Holocaust. And they were eventually caught and placed themselves with uh, Jewish people in concentration camps. And Corrie ten Boone is, is a woman who trusted in God in the midst of horrific circumstances. And one story out of her little book, He Sets the Captive Free, and I really encourage you to read Corrie ten Boone. And He Sets the Captive Free. It's the chapter is entitled Ravensbrück, which was one of the concentration camps. And she writes, the Nazis were emptying jails everywhere. Male prisoners were sent to one division and women prisoners to another. My sister Betsy and I, herded together with thousands of other women, were marched into Ravensbrück. It was called a work camp. When we first came into this uh, concentration camp, they took all of our possessions. It was a real miracle, she says, that I was able to keep my Bible. Listen to how God provides in the midst of horrific circumstances. At great risk, I hid it on my back under my dress. She said, I prayed, Lord, this is her Bible being hid on her. Lord, will you send your angels to surround me? Then I thought, but angels are spirits and you can see through spirits. I don't want these people to see me. So I prayed then in great fear, Lord, let your angels not be transparent. Let them cover me. And God did it. As we passed through the inspection, the woman in front of me was searched. Then my sister directly behind me was searched. But I walked through unsearched. Our barracks were built for 400 women, but they packed 1,400 of us inside. Bunks were stacked all the way to the ceiling. And we each had a sleeping space of only a few inches wide. When they were all working, we had eight toilets for the entire barracks. In Ravensbrook, she said it was dangerous to use the Word of God. If you were caught teaching the Bible, you are caught teaching the Bible, you were killed in a cruel way. But the guards never knew that I had a Bible meeting twice each day in Barracks 28. The one jammed room was filthy, crawling with fleas and lice, and the guards never came inside the door. She said, you see how the Lord used both angels and lice to keep my Bible in my possession? God provides for our needs. He doesn't provide for our needs in the way that we want him to provide for our needs. There's, there's a lot of things in life I want. And a lot of things in life that I don't want. But through all of it, through the bad, through the good, he's providing for your needs, and he's providing for my needs. God supplies your needs in the middle of circumstances you don't want. 
You know, he's not a magical genie who cleans house and does the dishes in an instant. Wouldn't that be nice? As long as we live in this broken world, we'll face things in life that we don't want to face. But in that bad stuff, we have assurance that God is supplying our needs through faith in Christ Jesus. And, and this isn't something that we deserve. You know, I'm so glad that God does not give me what I deserve. If he gave me what I deserved, I'd be a pile of ash on the floor. He doesn't give me what I deserve. He is a good and a gracious and compassionate God. So I encourage you today, be embraced by your compassionate Savior today. Whatever you're going through in life. And know that our God, your God, will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. When Jesus saw the hungry multitudes, how many people? How many people did he see? Not including women and children? 5,000. There were way more than 5,000 of women and children were included too. And when Jesus saw the multitudes in need, he acted with his power as true God in human flesh. Not a person in this room can multiply loaves and fishes. Not a person in this room can supply for you his riches, the riches of his grace, the riches of his promises, the riches of him, of him working in miraculous ways. And thanks be to God, he gives riches beyond measure. He gives me way more in this life that I could ever think or imagine. He gives me difficulties that I'm unable to handle, right? Some people say that God will never give you more than he can, or more than you can handle. And I say, no, he'll give you more than you can handle, but he'll never give you more than your God can handle. His grace sustains you. And even brings good out of bad. Even brings good out of the negative in life. So Corey Ten Boone also writes about her solitary confinement. And he sets the captive free. She said for the first week, this is her first week in uh, being captured by the Nazis. They put me in a cell with four or five others. I was ill with pleurisy. The prison doctor said it would develop into tuberculosis, so I was sent to solitary confinement. He didn't want me to infect the others. For the first time ever, I was really alone, she says. And I knew my life was completely in the hands of the enemy. They could kill me or torture me or just forget about me altogether, and there would be no one to know or to care. Says at night, the sounds of the distant bombings penetrated the thick walls, and from somewhere within came the muffled cries of people being tortured by the Gestapo. That was a little bit of hell. When I lost courage, I tried singing, but the guards pounded on the door and demanded silence. They threatened to take me to the dark cell, and the dark cell you had to stand in water. She said, time became a very thick thing, and I struggled to wade through it. Solitary confinement lasted four months. 
It wasn't only the isolation that was so hard, but the constant threat that at any moment, the day or night, they would come for me. Whenever I heard footsteps outside my cell, I would ask myself, are they coming to torture or to kill me? Can you imagine the terror? Once I stood with my back against the wall with my hands spread out as if trying to push away the walls that were closing in on me. I was dead scared. I cried out, Lord, I'm not strong enough to endure this. I, I don't have the faith. It's where we need to be, church. I don't have what it takes. I don't have the ability. And she said, suddenly, I noticed an ant, which I had watched, roaming the floor of the cell for days. I just mopped the floor with a wet rag, and the moment the ant felt the water on the stone, he ran straight to his tiny hole in the wall. Then it was as if the Lord said to me, what about that ant? He didn't stop to look at the wet, at the wet rag or, or his weak feet. He went straight to his hiding place. Corey, don't look at your faith. It's weak. It's like the tiny feet of that ant. Don't dwell on the treatment you might receive from these cruel people. God spoke to her and said, I am your hiding place. And you come running to me. Just like that ant disappeared into the hole in the wall. God is your hiding place today. She said, that brought real peace into my heart. She said, I was then 53 years old. I'd always known about Jesus, but there in solitary confinement, I began to really understand and experience for myself that his light is stronger than the deepest darkness. It's at times when we're in our darkest place that God shines forth in very bright ways to prove that his strength, his power is stronger than any force that can assail us. And she said, I know there are moments for you when you lose all courage. You feel as a prisoner that you don't exist in the eyes of the people around you, in the eyes of God, or in your own eyes. Then you can read in the Bible a promise from Jesus. Hear this promise, church. Come to me, all you who have heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Church, turn to Jesus. Trust in him. And, and Corey Ten Boone says, when you can believe that, you will know someone is still interested in you. Someone still cares about you. You're not a number, but a person. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you take care of us. You provide for our needs in the same way you miraculously provided for the multitudes. Lord, you're providing for our needs right now. And I pray that you would give us eyes of faith to see this. To trust in this reality. To walk in this reality today. To know that no matter what the circumstances are in life, that you are a good and a faithful God. So, Lord, I don't know what, what people are facing today as they walk in here, but you do. You know every name. You know every situation. And I pray that you would work on behalf 
of your children today to do miracles, to provide, to strengthen faith, to give people a glimpse of your light in the midst of darkness. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.